You're listening to Once, episode 54, We Are Both. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so happy to be discussing this episode. I would think, I I see a lot of people describing the second episode of season two, We Are Both, as the best episode so far, even better than the premiere. What do you guys think now that we've watched it a couple times? So far, period, or so far for the season? So far for the season. Out of the two. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the best two. so far out of the two. They are season. they are really setting us up for an awesome season two. I think they are with some of these new things that we see. I think it could really work to develop some awesome story because they've introduced us to the characters. We know most of these characters now. So they, for a whale, yeah. Well, I mean, we, know we him, kind right? of know him. We don't know his backstory, but we know he's in Storybrooke, and you know what would be we've sad. Met him. If he ended up being somebody like somebody weird like like the gingerbread man. <laughs> I mean it would explain why he's wanting to date people while he's human. It's like I'm, I don't wanna be a cookie. I wanna be a man. <laughs> Are the nuns still nuns or can they, you know, date? Don't say it's me asking. Could there be I did not any time that I've heard that part hear that last thing he added. <laughs> Yeah, don't say it's me asking. It would just be sad if he was some kind of, you know, insignificant character. He won't like be. Like the gingerbread man. He won't be. I think he's the blind witch. Well, you know, <laughs> before uh, before we jump in, let me go ahead and uh, mention an idea that someone suggested since we're talking about Dr. Whale and before we jump into our chronological we jump discussion. jump into our spinning top hat. L- Larissa sent in this email. Saying, love the show, love the podcast. This episode was so awesome and full of stuff. Maybe there's more <laughs> evidence to Dr. Whale being Peter Pan. By the way, that's a very popular opinion that he's Peter Pan. He was asking about the nuns, if, if they were still nuns and all that. Maybe he saw Tinkerbell and wanted to know. I thought that was funny. He even told David not to say anything to anyone. Can't that mean anything? Hugs from Brazil. Larissa. Interesting. It could mean something, or maybe he just saw females. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was going after be. Mary Margaret, and then he was going after after <laughs> after Red. Yeah, he hasn't hit on Emma, really. I don't think he would dare to. Yeah, probably not. She hits back. Yeah, but she does. Interesting idea, throwing it out there. I wasn't really thinking about Tinkerbell, but she is a fairy. So she could, if she's in storybook, she could be one of the nuns. She could. Because You're it, right. Unless it's the nuns from Enchanted, I mean, the uh, the fairies from Enchanted Forest turned into nuns, and then other fairies from other worlds turned into something else, and they're somewhere else. Hmm. We can't necessarily assume all fairies are now nuns, all fairies from all worlds. <laughs> I, think we, I think we could. Possibly. Because Mr. Gold doesn't like fairies. So didn't he write it? He doesn't like nuns. I don't know if he wrote that part. But well, he doesn't, like, he doesn't fairies. like fairies. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't like nuns. I'd like to understand at some point 
how Regina was able to choose specific things for specific people. Like, oh, I brought Maleficent over as a dragon, and Jefferson gets to remember, and how did she... Did she just think of everybody before she <laughs> enacted the curse? Wow, that sounds exhausting. As the heart plopped. Yeah, and we've got we've got some more to talk about that as we go into this uh, full episode review as we um, discuss this. But before we move on, I want to thank some very special listeners who have sponsored this episode of One's Podcast. Sandra and Nasser from Qatar have both sponsored this episode of One's Podcast and been co-producers with us in helping make this episode possible. The website hosting, the, the cost of running the forums, hosting the podcast episodes, all of that stuff. We are so thankful, Sandra and Nasser, Nasser for your support for this episode of One's Podcast. And if any of you, our other listeners, would like to sponsor an episode, we would be honored to have you as co-producers with us. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor to sponsor an episode, sponsor an episode with a message, or or you could just sponsor us for a lifetime. <laughs> I could put that option on there. Lifetime sponsorship. And I also want to thank a few people who have left some reviews for us in iTunes by going to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Teacher KT, TK0016, MDERTH24, DUIS9, oh, Arjan Torian, Genevieve and Shah Flute have been several people who have left some iTunes reviews for us, and we really appreciate that. They've done more than just rate us with stars, but they've also left reviews for us, and really appreciate your doing that. And anyone else who'd like to do that, please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. And everything that we mentioned today in this episode, we'll have links, screenshots, show notes, all of that over at oncepodcast.com slash 54. We've got forums and Twitter account links and Tumblr links and all of that stuff over at oncepodcast.com and show notes for this at oncepodcast.com slash 54. One last thing I'll ask you to do before we move on is please nominate us for the entertainment category in the podcast awards over at podcastawards.com, or you can see how you can help our entire network of podcasts by going to oncepodcast.com slash podcastawards to find out how you can support us. And if you nominate us, then please watch to vote for us starting on November 1st, if we make it into the nominations and vote every day too. It's awesome. So we'd really appreciate that support. Now let's get into talking about this episode. Let's start with Enchanted Forest. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, that's a good question, because we need some clarification here. Throughout this episode, they refer to their past fairy tale land as Enchanted Forest. We picked up on that distinction back in season one, that instead of calling it fairy tale land, we should really be calling it Enchanted Forest, because this is one of many fairy tale lands. So Mm -hmm. it was really nice to hear them throughout this episode, call it Enchanted Forest. Of course, where are they going to say fairy tale land? Right, they're not going to say that. And I think when we say that, we're encompassing anything not in Storybrooke. Right. So that could be present day, past. It could be other worlds, Wonderland, Except uh, no. Neverland, or anything. Well, when I mean, we say, yes. When we say, yeah, okay, the, the present day. That's what you're disagreeing with. Yes, you. because now I feel like we're going to be talking about Storybrooke, past fairy tale and present day fairy tale yeah 
I am just going to speculate that at some point we'll be talking about past Storybrooke and present day Storybrooke, <laughs> possibly this season. We may yeah. have flashbacks that do not take us out of our world. But So the way we've got it now, at least for this episode, is Enchanted Forest are the past fairy tale land or where Snow White, Cora, Regina, all of them came from. Mm-hmm. Then there's Storybrooke, that's obvious, present day Storybrooke, and then the writers in the official Once Upon a Time podcast, which you can get, by the way, by going to oncepodcast.com slash official podcast, the writers call it present day fairy tale land. It's this refugee place, this safe haven after the curse. In we don't really know if it is Enchanted Forest. I think it is a part of Enchanted Forest. Well, yeah, because Regina and Gold both referred to it as enchanted forest and that it's still alive still there that's where regina intended the wraith to go and the fact that sleeping beauty aurora was familiar with regina the queen indicates that she's probably from the same land or a nearby fairy tale land so i think it's safe to assume this is a part of enchanted forest or right on the border of enchanted forest it's kind of all about like how do their worlds work how big is enchanted forest and all of that (laughs) but we start out by seeing uh, regina trying to run from her mother and then gets caught uh with the the barrier spell and Mm -hmm. did that remind you of something this was two days before her wedding did that remind you of something else no well i mean it reminded me of other things regina has done yeah it reminded me of during the episode true north she kind of used like uh well regina Roots. does stuff with you know the woods yeah yeah she, she uses the she, same technique she uses trees and vines and roots and stuff she's we done also, it multiple times yeah we also saw that in the second episode the thing you love most yeah when she, she brought up the vines was like if you don't put your hair in this hat i will i will capture you with these trees <laughs> But get this, <laughs> Obi's girl sent in an email that one of her points was she said, um, back in Fairytale Land, we saw Regina try and run away from her impending wedding, like what James tried to do also two days before his wedding to Catherine. But Cora stopped Regina by using the vine trick evil Regina likes using later on. So it's, it's interesting to see that correlation. David also tried to run two days before his wedding. And that's what Regina's trying to do now. You mean to Abigail, right? Yeah, Abigail. So <laughs> I, I was thinking when I said Catherine, I was thinking... They're kind of interchangeable that, now. That wasn't her name back then. Because <laughs> we are both. Yes. Yeah, and I, <laughs> we don't necessarily tie either one to a well-known fairy tale character either. So it's hard to have either name trigger. Frederick and Catherine. I think that's where they yeah, got... Yeah, but no, I said well-known. Yeah, well-known. Yeah, that's true. So... Uh, yeah, we we see her running that, that magic technique, and she employs that then at her house later on. Yes, but barrier spell, it, was it tied to the location, or was it just what she called what she did to stop her? I sort of took it to mean that even if Cora hadn't been right there, mm-hmm. if she had gone past that spot without the king, she was going to be grabbed that way. Yeah, yeah I think that too. And probably that's the same thing that Regina originally employed in Storybrooke, is that she wouldn't allow Henry to leave the house unless he was with her. So throughout this episode, we see Regina in Storybrooke act a lot like Cora 
in Enchanted Forest, with they employ some of the same spells, they say some of the same words, or actually there's even an instance where Henry says the same thing to Regina that Regina had said to her mother. Yeah. So it's really cool seeing mm-hmm. the parallels between them. I thought it was really nice to see Regina sort of like the tender side of Regina come out. And I think I think hearing Henry say those things to her that she said to her mother kind of kind of, you know, woke that up in her, just mm-hmm. made her realize how far she'd fallen from who she was. So in the Enchanted Forest, this is I would guess about a month after the incidents of Stable Boy, which, by the way, I think it's really cool that they are still showing us stories from before the curse hit yeah. and things leading up to the curse. Yeah, it's. I'm glad that they didn't just move on from there and everything in season two has nothing to do with those characters' past or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're still telling those stories that have yet to be told. We still get to see Rumpelstiltskin in <laughs> yes. his most fun form. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... When Cora tried to leave, I mean, when Regina tried to leave, there was this little speech that she and Cora had with each other. I don't want this life. You're just frightened of having all that power. I don't want power. I want to be free. Power is freedom. I love how Regina, just her voice, like she can change it. And she totally doesn't sound like herself when she's younger. Like, she sounds innocent and she sounds mm-hmm. like she has conviction about being good and, you know, stuff. I really enjoy that. Cora's line, power is freedom, reminded me of Rumpelstiltskin in the finale when he said why he's bringing magic. He said, because magic is power. Mm-hmm. So there's this, it seems like a history, a family line struggle of power between Rumpelstiltskin and Cora and Regina. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe some connections maybe. there. When Snow and Regina were talking, young Snow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that uh, disturbing scene. <laughs> there's that spot uh, yeah. where, like we said, uh, Snow picks up the necklace, which has Daniel's ring on it. I can only imagine what Regina was feeling whenever that happened. Like... <laughs> <gasps> Dairy. Well, Dairy yeah, we see that when it's, it, it reminded me very much because I could tell as soon as like she picked it up, I thought this is probably a dream or something, but it reminded me of in the movie up when uh, the old man envisions hanging the little boy that's at his house as they're flying, oh, hanging yeah. him down the hose <laughs> and then the boy just falls off the hose yep. and disappears. That's where it kind of reminded me of. And so because of that, I, I laughed at the scene, but there is a spot where Regina lies about where she got the necklace from. Where did you get it? I don't remember. So that she's lying about where she got this from makes me still think Regina is lying when she's asked about the hat Mm -hmm. in Storybrooke. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, of course. Regina, not lying. (laughs) Kind of weird. (laughs) That would be hard to believe. (laughs) But at the end of the episode, she does start telling the truth, which mm. is refreshing and yeah. odd. And and we'll talk about that a whole lot in a bit. Yeah. I like the tender Regina. She's nice. So Regina wonders how Cora got this way. And we already heard certain things like Cora is the, a Miller's daughter. And Cora had made reference to certain deals she had to make in order to 
get the things that they had or the life that they had. And so we've always said, well, it sounds like Cora is the Miller's daughter with the whole Rumpelstiltskin incident. And Henry Sr. basically confirmed that for us in so many other incidents in this story. How did she get like this? There was a man. Well, not quite a man. Someone Cora knew before I met her. He brought magic to her. Gave her that book of spells. He made her like she is. What was his name? I don't know. Cora won't even say it. So here's an interesting question. Do you think... Well, let me let me read it the way that Jordan sent it in as an email. Hey guys, love the podcast. I was wondering in regards to Regina and Cora learning their magic from Rumpel. Is it possible that Henry might not be her true father? Mm-hmm. Or could there, or could there have been a different daughter that was the Millers, uh, the baby that Cora had to give up? I mean, that one's a bit more far fetched. But I wonder about the Henry not being Regina's father. You know, we don't really know a whole lot about Henry Senior. Like, we don't know his past, and mm-hmm. we don't really know. We don't know how they how they met, or like. I think I think there's this you know a history there that we need to find out. I hope we do. I hope they'll show us. And the fact that Henry Sr. said that Cora knew Rumpelstiltskin before Henry had met Cora. Really? Yeah. I yeah, missed in that, that. In that line I just played. In which case, how did they end up married? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Cora used magic in order to get Henry Sr. to like her. Because Regina later says to Henry by using magic that Henry can make his friends love him. Which makes no sense. Not, I mean, she couldn't have been talking about literally love. Right. You know, in the in the traditional story of Rumpelstiltskin, the Miller's daughter did kind of use magic, except it was Rumpelstiltskin who used magic to get the prince to fall in love with the Miller's daughter. But it was all, it was so, more through deception, not through literally yeah, a spell like, yeah. you will love this person. But, you know... I wouldn't put them past it to change the story around so that that works. So that Cora had to use magic in order to win. Well, except they've said, oh, I see. Well, I mean, they've said that you can't make someone love you. Well. With magic. Not directly. Right. Right. So it could be that Henry is tied to Cora not by love because does he ever refer to loving her? Not really. Even when Regina asked him, how did she get like this? And that whole conversation that they had, he never once says, I love her or she loves me or anything like that. But he does say she wants the best for you. She's trying to give you the life she couldn't have, Mm -hmm. all of that. So maybe he's bound to her by some magic, but not love. He's just forced to have married her, kind of. Maybe. Because you can have marriage without love, (laughs) dearie. Wow. <laughs> that's not an offer. That's just a statement. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, Joanne had sent in an email asking a similar question, and we might address her email a bit more later as it ties in with something else. So, if Rumpelstiltskin is Regina's father, that could be odd. Well, actually, this does tie in because one of the next scenes we see in in Enchanted Forest is when <laughs> when Regina summons Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Sh- 
Rumpelstiltskin, I summon thee. That's not how you say it, dearie. You know, I keep going back to the traditional story of Rumpelstiltskin, but Rumpelstiltskin made a bargain for the Miller's daughter's firstborn. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that they could try and, you know, use some of that story. Um, and and that would have allowed Rumpelstiltskin to have held and, you know, interacted with with Regina when she was a baby. Yeah, because the way he describes it. Or as it, he says, when she was more portable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he said that he held her. Yeah. And that she was more portable. The, the combination of those two makes me wonder, did Rumpelstiltskin actually take Regina? Mm -hmm. Not just hold her, but did he take her? I don't know. It Maybe. doesn't really sound like it. Well, but he said that we're, they were back where they belong. But yeah, back together. I didn't really yeah, get that. That that one was <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Well, let me play that clip. I know everything about you, my dear. I held you in my arms. You were younger. More portable. <laughs> there is much history between your family and me. Yeah. History both in the past and in the future. And he also said this was the creepy part. People say I look like her when she was younger. Really? I don't see it. No, that's not how I know you. Oh, how then? I knew you long ago, dearie. It's been some time, but I knew this day would come. I've been waiting for it. And I'm so happy we are back where we belong. Where's that? Together. I want to know how they go from this to being rivals. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's a kind of sorcerer's apprentice idea where Rumpel wanted to train someone to do his dirty work for him. Someone who could enact all of his spells and do his magic. Yeah. Well, he did refer to the future... He said, someday you'll do something for me. And I was thinking that he was referring to the curse that she would reenact. Maybe by this time, Bay was missing and he was already seeking out a way to get him back. Well, yeah, Bay was definitely missing yeah, so hundreds I'm, of years before this. I'm thinking um, Rumpelstiltskin is definitely seeing in the into the future and he sees her as, an, as a possible enactor of the curse. Mm -hmm. So that's why he wants to help her. And everything that he's made her to be was to help her have the hatred and the mm -hmm. heartlessness to enact this curse. Mm, so, whoa. So you're saying he actually manipulated her emotions. I think so. To make her want to enact the curse. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I think. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. So, oh, wow. Yeah, because that's even just in in business communications. It's always great if you can get the person you're trying to convince to like purchase your product or something make them think it was their idea it's a popular business convincing strategy kind of like also known as conning <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, inspiring them to for them to put it in their words asking questions that make them give the answers that instead of yours saying the answers but that kind of thing yeah i like that idea jenny that manipulating her emotions not just later on asking her hey would you enact this curse for me yeah well yeah i mean i think that's what he's been working toward for centuries by this point yeah in it, which case he's kind of destroyed a family at least well 
More maybe, than one, but maybe directly. he had a reason. Maybe he was. Maybe he and Cora had a history together that made him so bitter against her that he actually ended up stealing Regina away and, you know, turning her against Cora and stuff. Maybe he's had a hand in all of that. I think so. I'm going to say that he's not her father. I heard somebody, I mean, we've we've heard people saying that maybe Rumpel is Regina's father, but look how he is towards his son. He'll do anything over centuries to get him back. Why would he just manipulate Regina? That makes mm-hmm. no sense. I think that his paternal instincts are a little stronger than that. So I don't think he behaves as a father to her. Well, he's deceitful. He's conniving. And he's had hundreds of years to plan this. But he did say he's seen her future. And one of our listeners, August W. Booth, also known as Tim, had raised that question of how does he see the future? And if you look at the Facebook app, The Untold Stories, uh, which we've got a blog post of over at, I think it's onespodcast.com slash untold stories. If you look at that, then you see they use a description of how he sees the future, that Rumpelstiltskin glimpses the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's a nice description of it, that he can't really see every detail, but he gets enough. Like, think about how you glimpse at something. You get the gist of it. Yeah. Not necessarily all of the details. So it seems like that's how Rumpel sees the future. I really enjoyed Cora's advice, how she worded it to Regina of how she could win the people. She said, it, you will hold the hearts of your people in your hands. Oh, <laughs> did I anybody did else notice that? No. I didn't catch that. When I heard it, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and there's something else that I caught. Later, after Regina had used magic to push Cora into the looking glass, mm-hmm. uh, she's riding to meet Rumpelstiltskin, and the sound of a, rais- ra- oh, raisin. a raven <laughs> happens, and it startles Regina. So maybe, you know, that's the first raven that kind of happened. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. She turned to look at it and then looked back and there's Rumpel. Yeah, like it actually kind of startled her, Mm. the sound of the raven. Mm. Maybe it was something that right then, because that's when she decided, yes, I'm going to learn magic, is that scene, not right at that moment. Well, I think that... I think that it signifies the beginning of her evilness. Yeah. Like she just started using magic and she loved it. So I think the raven was just signifying the beginning of her evilness. Also jumping to Storybrooke just for a moment, when she had the book of spells and breathed them in, then there's a raven in the background. Well, it's not right. new in Storybrooke. Well, they're always but ravens. it was like right after she used, she got the magic back. And I, I want to re-watch the, um, the premiere episode again to see if when Regina was outside, if there was a raven. I don't remember. Did I point any out? I don't remember. Because I wonder if it's like, now the ravens are back. They were gone for one episode. Hey. And for some back. reason, that's just something I've never even noticed. People talk about it. I still don't notice. No. I'm trying to remember. It would make sense that that would be the first raven. But do you remember any any sounds of ravens when Regina has... Before she used magic? Oh, in Storybook or in no, Fairy no, in Fairy in the Enchanted Forest. I don't like think so. When she, you know, in the episode The Stable Boy. No, no ravens there. Okay, so oh. this was the first. <laughs> but we do hear ravens in episode two of season one when she goes to visit Maleficent. 
there are ravens. Yeah, outside. but she's already evil at that yeah, point. Yeah. So it's not just a storybook thing that they I think try it's, to do. I think it's I think it's just in um fairy tale and enchanted forest after she uses magic. And I think that raven was the first after she used magic. Yeah. yeah so it's it's odd. They jump around. Yeah. So then this portal. And do you guys think that the portal goes to Wonderland? Well, Cora called it a looking glass. Yeah. And they've had mirrors that they called mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking gal- glass is another name for a mirror. Well, yes. But a very commonly linked name for a mirror for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Because Lewis Carroll's book or story was named through the looking glass. I don't think that was a coincidence. Yeah. Also, consider the way that Rumpel described it. What is it? A portal. A passage between lands. This is a portal to a specific, annoying little world. Useless to me, but for your purposes, a perfect. You're unlikely ever to see her again. And if Regina never had to go get Henry Sr., she would never have been to Wonderland, mm-hmm. possibly, to see her mother again. I wonder how he got there. That's a story to tell, I think. Yeah. I think when they reveal or confirm that Cora is the Queen of Hearts, mm-hmm. that'll do it. Now, I've seen some people say, oh, this means that Cora isn't the Queen of Hearts. I think this confirms that yeah. Cora is the Queen of Hearts. I think it does, too. We've seen hearts, like on her spell book, we've seen Cora, the name Cora is similar to the Mexican, the Spanish word, Corazon, mm-hmm. or Corda. No, not Corazon. Corazon. Yeah, Corazon. <laughs> <laughs> that means heart. So I really think that, yes, Cora is the Queen of Hearts. And when they showed the Queen of Hearts, that's why they covered up her faces. They mm-hmm. wanted to keep this a secret. And then when you, when you really go back and rewatch that episode, Hat Trick, from season one, and think, okay, Cora is the Queen of Hearts, and you look for it, I think there's evidence all over the place indicating it. Yeah. People have said that, oh, the actress playing the Queen of Hearts wasn't Barbara Hershey. But uh, number one, hello, that's a dead giveaway. Number two, why would you pay Barbara Hershey to cover up her face and not be heard? Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. Also consider, I just remember this, when Jefferson talks about you don't leave family or you don't abandon family and all of that. Mm -hmm. Now we know Regina pushed Cora through the looking glass. So she abandoned her family, mm-hmm. uh, one member of her family. And I think she still kind of feels bad about that in that episode in Hat Trick. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think this really ties in very well with Hat Trick to see why Henry Sr. would even be there. And you already have seen the tension between Henry Sr. and Cora over Regina and the relationships there and why Cora would want to have leverage over Regina and all of this stuff and why like Cora would be so angry that Regina is called a queen because Cora wanted to be queen. Henry Sr. had said that Cora wants for Regina what she wanted herself. Mm -hmm. Although she wanted her to be queen. So, yeah, I mean, well, because Cora really wanted to be queen. Cora Mm -hmm. wanted some kind of power and uh, she'd even referred to the fact that Somewhere else in the episode, Cora had said to Regina that she could be queen and rule the land. Oh, it was the part, Jenny, you were talking about, that Cora gave this speech about holding people's hearts. And she also said something about make your own personal guard, which Regina did. The people with the weird hats are Regina's (laughs) personal guard. Yeah. 
And <laughs> if Cora is the Queen of Hearts, she would have her own personal guard as well. Mm-hmm. Who look like cards. Yeah. <laughs> Which, how that connection comes in, I don't know. Uh, like where she made the change and uh, why she changed that. So I, I I think this really confirms that. But did you see how quick Cora was to use her binding spell when Regina was starting to push her? Yeah, I mean it was like she it was almost like she was ready, but it's, it didn't feel like she was ready. It was just like like she's so mistrustful or distrustful of everybody around her. Mm-hmm. She's just she's just ready to just kind of. No, you're not going to move. Why are you? Then, then she's like, "What were you even doing?" Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even suspect that the looking glass was a portal. When Regina then goes and meets Rumpelstiltskin, and he convinces her to take on more magic. No, I don't think it's important. She was not going to meet him. Right. She was just leaving. Yeah. Which I find very interesting because she ended up marrying the king anyway, and it wasn't true. her mother's fault. Because that point. Rumpel must have convinced her, look, you can be the queen and have power and all this magic. And she, because she got the taste of it. And like Obi's girl even uh, wrote in saying how it's so much like an analogy of using drugs because uh, Regina said it felt good. Mm-hmm. And look at Rumpel. Rumpel is addicted to his drugs mm-hmm. also, or his magic <laughs> as if it's a drug. And he likes it. And he encourages it in regina just like some people encourage drug use some druggies encourage drug use and other druggies it's like (laughs) yeah didn't it make you feel really good don't you want to do it again and uh, it's mm, twisted really twisted don't hear him saying all magic comes with a price not to her i mean yeah (laughs) everybody else but not to her because Hmm. he wants her to go for it he knew what her price was going Mm -hmm. to be and that is killing her family, sacrificing all of these things. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so much more. And he did say that someday you'll do something for me. I think that's very similar to how he expects Emma to do a favor for him in Storybrooke. That connection, that promise. Out of Storybrooke. Yeah. That's the case, maybe. We don't know where it would be. (laughs) That, That could be really interesting. Anything else about Enchanted Forest before we move on to Storybrooke? Regina sounded terrible when she pushed Cora. <laughs> that ah! scream. <laughs> I don't know what it sounded like. I don't know. Nothing on past fairy tale land. Shall we save present day fairy tale for later? Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll All save right. that for the end. So now moving on to Storybrooke, the dwarves at the line, it's the actual first scene that we saw in the episode that grumpy painted that line and he gives this uh fun little speech to the other dwarfs with the curse broken we can cross right should be no problem yeah if magic back it could be more snow like vaporize us <laughs> let's go home guys that was bashful that said let's go home <laughs> <laughs> typical bashful we are the royal guard Dwarves loyal to Snow White. This is our chance to prove ourselves to the prince. We must do this. I thought it was interesting that he said this is our chance to prove ourselves to the prince. They're the royal guard. We saw that actually in the pilot episode of Once Upon a Time because they were up on the tower. They guarded Snow White, which makes Mm. a lot of sense because she grew to trust them. Their combat ability, 
and they trust her, they respect her, they want to protect her, all of that. So it makes perfect sense that they've been the royal guard since Enchanted Forest. But they want to prove themselves to the prince. I thought that was the interesting line. That's just interesting. Why would they want to prove themselves to the prince? Like, why would they have a reason to? Yeah. Maybe he didn't trust them in some way. Maybe he was just still kind of new in friendship and trust with the dwarves. Or they just want to. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe since Prince Charming is kind of trying to run things for the good team, in Storybrooke, maybe they want to prove to Prince Charming that they're still useful. They can still function as the royal guard for Prince Charming in Storybrooke. And regardless, what was with the short straws? Grumpy, <laughs> it's your idea. Why did you not step across the line? <laughs> <laughs> ah! You're up, snotty. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's Brave. grumpy, but still has like compassion. <laughs> by calling him snotty <laughs> i mean just the way that he said it and the look on his face i saw it i saw compassion oh uh, well okay brotherly if you, compassion if you want to <laughs> i saw it brotherly compassion it's more like hey you do this first <laughs> but they did try and make it fair <laughs> so snot <laughs> sneezy <laughs> loses his memory um, which, by the way, uh, Sneezy is played by Gabe Kuth, and I posted a screenshot from this episode, or actually it was a press photo, um, without the magic thing around Sneezy, but a screenshot over on the blog at oncepodcast.com. Oh, don't mention this. And I just, I posted it for people to put little captions on it, because it's, I want to do this more often on our Facebook group, on Tumblr, on our website, and on Twitter, just pretty much anywhere you connect with us, which you can get over at oncepodcast.com. Then uh, I share these things. And it's a fun little thing. I'm going to start doing this more often. Ask people, caption this photo. I'm glad you didn't share your caption. <laughs> oh, there are some, some great captions <laughs> over there. Check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes for this episode. Oncepodcast.com slash 54. So we saw uh, August blink. Yay! <gasps> He's a puppet man. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think... The blinking was just the beginning of a transformation, or do you think he's walking around as a wooden man? I think he's wooden walking man. around a wooden man. Which I think makes sense that he would then hide. Yeah. Because he's embarrassed. If he realizes Geppetto's here, now he knows about me, now he knows, or he will come looking for me. It I don't proves, want him to see me like this. It proves that he was a bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's ashamed of himself. And even just, which is consistent with how he was in uh, the episode, um, The Stranger, that even when he saw Geppetto there in Mr. Gold's shop, he hid his face. He was yeah. ashamed because he failed. Yeah, he did fail. That's a, a good reason for shame. Pinocchio fail. But Pinocchio if, fail. <laughs> if he gets up like this and walks around, maybe he was the one who sent the postcard. Do you think... Oh, it's a good point. Do you think his nose will grow if he lies? <laughs> I think maybe he's just not wanting to talk to anybody. Because so he, he can't keep from lying? <laughs> no. Well, Pinocchio. He's just... Pinocchio does have a hard time not lying. Like I said. Just saying. It's up to you, kid. I'm having a little bit of a tough time. Got kind of an illness going on here. <laughs> I'm just going to lay in my bed and see how it all plays out. <laughs> not yeah. very heroic. No wonder he turned all the way to wood. It was 
interesting that in the beginning of this episode, when Marco or Geppetto posted the sign looking for Pinocchio, it was a picture of Pinocchio as a as boy. As a kid. Like, he didn't realize that he'd grown up. Yeah. So... It might be a surprise for him when he meets August. Maybe he doesn't even realize because Henry, at the end of the episode, Henry tells Geppetto something. Whispers. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe Henry just said, hey, Pinocchio is in this room. I think that's what he said. So I wonder if it will be a surprise when Geppetto sees him to be like, you are Pinocchio. You've you've grown up. You're still wooden (laughs) or whatever (laughs) happens there. That will be a great reunion when we get to see it. Hopefully. I think we will. Because I, I like that they showed August as Pinocchio in the beginning of this and left it open because he's disappeared after this. And in fact, we got a voicemail question in about this. Hi, guys. This is a question about Pinocchio. And in the last episode, we saw that he was there and then he vanished. And my question was, do you guys think that he got up on his own or do you think someone kidnapped him? I was leaning more towards the idea that someone may have led him somewhere. And I was just curious what you guys thought. Or if he went up by himself, where'd he go? Um, I'm just really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this. And I'd love to hear back from you guys soon. Bye! Just think about where he would blend in best. <laughs> in the trees. That the was woods. Laura. <laughs> I think he's in the woods somewhere, hiding. <laughs> hiding with the other wooden things. <laughs> I belong here. <laughs> in the hardware store with the scarecrows. Thank you, Laura, for sending in that question. Thank you. I think he got up and walked away. Yeah, and he's too. hiding out it's, of shame. It's expensive to show a wooden man walking around. Oh, gosh. And even if they show August somewhere in Storybrooke, he's probably going to be all covered up, hood and mask, and trying to hide himself. <laughs> You're probably, probably right. Probably. It's cheaper to do that anyway, too. <laughs> It'll probably look better. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> also, on that sign, the bulletin board, when Marco pasted the thing for Pinocchio. There was another sign that said, uh, and I'll have a screenshot of this in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 54. It said, Pyramus and Thisbe come home. And it's very clear and easy to read. It's Pyramus and Thisbe. Okay. So you know the, you know it's, what they're about? Yeah. It's a love story. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. It's kind of a, a theme that's been used oh, several times. You know what? I, the end of that story... Oh. The end of that story is that they both die. Which is very similar to... Um, it's on the tip of your tongue. I know it. I know it. It's your favorite play. How about you, Romeo and Juliet? Yes. It's the this um, story... Say it again. Pyramus and Thisbe. Pyramus. Pyramus and, and Thisbe. It's kind of a theme that was used by several writers of old, and it, including Shakespeare when he wrote... Um, Thing. Romeo and Juliet, but it was also used in a Midsummer Night, a Midsummer Night's Dream, and some other adaptations of it. It is Pyri- Pyri- Pyramus, 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 and Thisbe are characters from Roman mythology, not Greek mythology. So Midas is from Greek mythology, Lake Nostos, um, the Siren, all from Greek mythology. Now we've got two characters hinted at. Probably not going to be covered, but just hinted at as being from Roman mythology. So I think that's opening it up that we could see other mythological creatures, not just Greek, because here are references to Roman. I don't think we'll actually see these characters, but it was just an acknowledgement of them. I thought it was really cool. And again, I'll have that screenshot 
in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 54. And you can call the number. It's 555-something. <laughs> so when David uh, <laughs> when David goes to Regina's and talks to her, he knows Regina's having magic problems. And he... <laughs> magic problems. That's awesome. I love that we're even saying that. <laughs> well, and he said that, too. He said uh, magic problems. But he, I think he accurately pegs it by saying that the wallpaper trick was an anomaly. Anomaly. I can't talk tonight. Anomaly. Yes. Thank you, Jenny. Anomaly. Anomaly. See, she is my helper. Aww. <laughs> She so completes you. She does, especially completes the words I can't. <laughs> I'll try and do it with a better attitude now that you said that. Because <laughs> I was all like, anomaly! <laughs> Whatever I said. So he That's says awful. that the wallpaper trick was this thing. And like, Pyramus! No way. <laughs> I don't think David realizes that Emma has magic. No, probably not. David? His daughter? Yeah. Oh. His daughter. (laughs) Because otherwise, he he never saw them touch. He never saw how the hat worked after Emma touched Regina. So he just thinks that this was a fluke. And who thinks their daughter is magic? (laughs) Every parent. Every parent. And Prince Charming didn't have magic. Why would Emma have magic? I think it's just because she's the savior that she has magic. Well, true love... She is the product of true love. True love. And true Jefferson love. said that she has magic. Yeah, but maybe maybe Mr. Gold, Rumpelstiltskin, wrote that into the curse. Well, that if she came back to Storybrooke, she would have magic. Hmm, maybe. Could be. Could be. Or maybe she other was, stuff. Yeah, maybe she was born with it. Maybe she, maybe she was born Orleans. that way. <laughs> or maybe it was Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> So when David questions about the hat, so remember, Regina lied to Snow and said, I forgot who gave me that necklace in the ring. So when David asks her about the hat. It's the hat that pulled your loved ones away. Where did you get it? I've long since forgotten. Uh Lies. Yeah. She is lying to cover it up because at this point, she still wants people to think that there's no way back, that there is no enchanted forest. You know, it's odd that she's she's denying all ties between her and Jefferson. Well, she doesn't want people to know even where there might be a source of information about how to get back. Mm-hmm. She's not even like mentioning. Just Jefferson. wants to confuse them. Well, then let's jump forward just a little bit when mm-hmm. Regina and Mister Gold are talking in his shop. Mm. You know what else is it in your best interest? Having everyone know the Enchanted Forest still exists. Knowing that you and I are keeping that little secret. You're up to something. And it doesn't involve going back home. So Rumpel doesn't want to go back home. Seems like that. Well, he wants to find Bay. He did all this Mm -hmm. to get here. Yeah. So if... I think Regina is hiding the connection to Jefferson because if people knew that there was is a way back and it's through Jefferson, then there would be this mean, angry mob against He's Regina. He's a crazy man. <laughs> maybe Regina wants her own back door back into Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, but why would Jefferson help her? Well, this is still wouldn't. the place where she can 
possibly win unless that's not her goal anymore by the end of this episode. You know, during this scene, I was confused. Gold said, uh, he was referring to the library and to the clock tower, and he said, you closed it, remember, when you still had power. Is he talking about, like, Regina actually having magic when she got there, or is he talking no. about influence? She was as the, mayor the mayor of the town. Whatever answer it is, though, it is interesting that he says she closed it as if it was once open. Yeah. Yeah. So time hasn't been as frozen in Storybrooke as we might have thought. Something might have happened. I think it's more that they didn't. They just got hazy, as they say, and they didn't realize how much time had passed. Mm-hmm. There were still things that changed and things that happened, but they yeah. didn't age and they weren't aware, hey, it's been 28 years and everything's essentially the same. Or, I'll throw out a crackpot theory, <laughs> what if this is a reference to something happened in Storybrooke's past that has not been acknowledged, but some kind of battle, something happened... Because how does Henry know that bad things happen when people try to leave? Hmm. Maybe in Henry's lifetime, he saw someone try to leave. He saw some kind of battle. And he saw the library closed. Uh, it, it, crackpot theory, I know. I'm not going to stand by that you all know, that much. Whoever, whoever might have rebelled against Regina and they were caught, she could easily have thrown them into the um, lower room under the, <laughs> under the hospital. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say under the library. Here, be barbecued. (laughs) (laughs) Maleficent is hungry. (laughs) Why would she have closed the library? Maybe people were reading books in it and actually, like, reading their own stories. Could have been. And kind of... Well, yeah, that's what I was... I think I, you know, I questioned whether she had closed the library for something, some reason like that. Not, Not as elaborate an idea as what you just said, but, you know, if... The libraries where stories are, and stories are based on the truth that she doesn't want anybody to know, then why would she not close the library? I think originally I thought maybe the book came from there somehow. I just had a thought. Which I don't think anymore necessarily. Has Jefferson always been in his house? For the 28 years until Emma came, yes. Was there any time? Oh, okay. Okay. So he's always been in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to, I was going to say, but this is totally like shot. Um, I was going to say, what if Jefferson was the one that figured out his story? What if he read his own story and figured mm. it out? But and, he already and knew that, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to put my maybe back on his being stuck in the house. I know we've been over that. But he says stuck in the house. Well, if you live in a town full of people and all you want to do is take them by the shoulders and say, this isn't who you are. And they all think you're crazy. Yeah, you're stuck in your house because what else are you going to do? I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And he, in this episode, and I'm getting ahead a little bit, sits there and talks to David and he includes himself in this, in his new ravings about being stuck with two lives in our heads. Well, he never had two lives in his head. Not really. Not unless maybe he did. Mm. Huh. Just because that's been his punishment and his curse recently. Un- unless he's referring to the fact that he has a fairy tale past. He was ripped from that, now forced to live in a new place where he lives a new life that's completely different mm-hmm. than his fairy tale past. And that could be what he means. Yeah. But it, you know, could also lend itself to this sort of 
crackpot-ish. Mm-hmm. So theory. his his memory seems like it might be chronological of Enchanted Forest, Wonderland, Storybrook. But you're saying maybe it's the conflicting memories of Enchanted Forest parallel with Storybrook. Oh, I don't know about that. But you guys were so saying you're, maybe you're saying maybe maybe he wasn't always aware of right. his fairy tale past. So maybe he did. Mm. Maybe he went into the library and somehow in the course of reading things in the library, somehow connected with something, maybe he found that specific book and it did to him what it did to Emma and woke him up and he realized who he is. Maybe he tried to leave. Maybe then she closed the library and... Yeah, but why would Regina give him such, like, a luxurious house and stuff? (laughs) Well, who knows when he got (laughs) that. Because she didn't really like Jefferson. Well, did she not? She didn't treat him well. Well, no, she doesn't treat anybody well. Well, she treats she treats <laughs> she fellow she treats fellow <laughs> villains well. He's not a fellow villain though, Except but they have some kind of relationship. Yeah. yeah, which I still have some thoughts on. But okay, <laughs> cool thought. I'd never thought of that. So around that same time is when, um, well, moving forward back to the scene of Mr. Gold and Regina talking in his shop. He produces that book magically. He has, it seems like he has full control over magic. Well, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say full control, but he's got, he certainly has more control than Regina has. Regina learned magic. Yeah. Mr. Gold is the dark one. He had magic pushed on him. He didn't have to learn it. He had immediate control. Yeah. Of magic that was pushed onto him, inherited. Basically, it's almost like genetically given to him. Well, but he, not sa- quite. he he told her to relax and let it happen, as if that's what he did. Yeah, he called mm. the book a jump start, so she was going to most likely get magic back yeah. without it eventually. And we learn that please doesn't work. Yeah. Leave, please. Well, how about that? Your pleases have lost their punch. (laughs) I think there's a lot in this episode that's a surprise to Mr. Gold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pleases, uh, Regina getting magic back, um, that he can't leave Storybrooke. Uh, David coming in, their whole conversation seemed a surprise (laughs) to Mr. Gold. Mm -hmm. Like when when he said that line about the uh, the clothes on. It appears when I bought that clothes sign, I was just throwing my money away. When he turns around and sees David, it's kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting you of all people. Really? So, so yeah, he seems really surprised. And I think that uh, he's he's losing control. Yeah, you did say that. Well, you think that Whenever in the past he's known who was coming into his shop or something like that? Well, expected who oh, was coming into a shop. I see. Like, it, it would make sense. Yes, Emma, I, I figured you'd come in. Or mm-hmm. Regina, I figured you'd come on. Then David comes and says, like, uh, <laughs> I didn't think you would come talk to me. Yeah. And like the making the deals. And David is clearly in control yeah. over Mr. Gold. And <laughs> not Mr. Telling. Gold does not no. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Backing yeah. up to when he was talking about Regina, I wanted to point out that this the way they foreshadowed things in this episode was really talented, I would say. Like how he says, I told you once you didn't look like her, but we hadn't seen him talking to young Regina Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, 
it's it's almost like intentional spoilers or something. We know something of what's going to come. Yeah, I really love that stuff, and um, Jane Espenson, at least, apparently can do that very well. I wonder what Gold will do with this non-interference guarantee. With David? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I wonder what he's going to do with that. And, I can't believe he made that deal. I mean, that's just like father-like daughter. Don't or... keep Gold in line now. <laughs> <laughs> I am bound by contract. How can someone who feels obligated to rush off and fight every new thing that is conjured make that kind of a deal just, with Rumpelstiltskin? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess he doesn't recognize that Rumpelstiltskin still has a plan in mind. I guess well, not. It's it's not. It's Regina seems more dangerous at the moment, perhaps. Everyone Probably. thinks that Regina created the curse. Because oh, actually, even when Snow and Charming went to see uh, Rumpelstiltskin in the prison in the pilot episode, Rumpelstiltskin said, the queen has created a dark curse. Mm. Hmm. So they don't know that gold is behind it. Yeah. They know he's magic. Nobody knows, except for Regina. And she doesn't even know why. She doesn't know why he wants... She doesn't know why. She doesn't mm. know about Bay. I don't believe. So what do you think about the statement, portal jumping is just outside my purview? Considering he created, presumably, or obtained, or whatever, the looking glass. I think he probably obtained it. Because yeah. originally, when he wanted to find Bay, when Bay went through the magic bean hole, he <laughs> said there must be another way, and he listed things, among them a realm jump jumper. Mm-hmm. Which... I think he needs to have stuff in his possession to be able to conjure them. I think he needs, I can't, I mean, conjure is probably not the right word for that, but I think he can bring them by magic. I I don't think he can just poof, make anything he wants. I think he has to have them. Maybe simple things, but he can do so much. You would think that in all his centuries, he might have learned to cross between worlds, but for some reason he can't. So is that something that a specific, like like a gift you have to be born with. And well, that's why Regina needed Jefferson for all that travel that they talked about in the past. And By the way, Jefferson called himself a name. Like he a, did? Yeah. Oh, he did call himself a something, something. jumper. Like a, a realm no, jumper. No, or... no, no, no. I think it was just jumper. Or no, no, no. It was, it was something ER. <laughs> <laughs> something ER. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a... A portal jumper. They're saying that in the chat room. Several of us, them are... Clarifying. Like yeah. he, he said, I'm just a humble like. Blah, blah. I don't remember. Yeah, what it was. well, yeah, he did say, I'm a portal jumper, <laughs> and something like, and that was my portal, and it, now it's destroyed. Um, okay, Referring I thought it hat. was one word, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It was to the effect of, I'm just a portal jumper. Yeah, he said, I'm a portal jumper, and you destroyed my portal. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's possibly like a job, like a task that was given to him. And he can't do it without his hat. He was just taught how to use the hat. And yeah. it was kind of like a job. Whereas Rolgorum, she's been alive <laughs> for a lot longer mm-hmm. than Rubble Stiltskin. So she may know, actually, she does know more ways to travel to different realms but than Rubble Stiltskin does. She doesn't have fairy dust or her wand. No, I'm talking about like when she was the oh, actual okay. blue yeah. fairy and. In fairy tale um, land, like she, she had the more, bean. The she bean had more was her resources mm-hmm. than Rubble Skillskin so, had. Apparently, it's not something even the most powerful can just do. They yeah. have to have things. It's a gift, or it's 
or it's certain objects or something like that, certain yeah. properties. Speaking of going places, uh, Mr. Gold's maps that he was putting into his bag just before David came in, I looked up every one of the maps that he had. And uh, some of them were a little bit hard to see, but I found them. <laughs> um, he has a New England regional map, Delaware, Maryland map, Maine state map, New York map, Massachusetts, Baltimore, Boston, city. He has a city map, Boston, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Do you think he's been able to glimpse at where Bay possibly is? I don't know. Maybe he's in contact with someone outside of Storybrooke. Maybe. I mean, how would he know how to collect all those maps? Well, or is he just kind Story- of groping at stuff like Storybrooke- random places? Storybrooke is in Maine. That's how they're saying it. It's in Maine. Yeah. And all of these states are near Maine. So maybe he knows this is in northeastern United States, that Bay is somewhere around here. And by the way, that does include New York City. Which that's mm-hmm. where the mystery man is, mystery which could be Bay, could be someone else, yeah. someone who knows Bay. <laughs> well, we know it can't be Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've, thankfully, I haven't heard too many people saying, oh, it's future Henry. I think we're <laughs> going to pass that for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it, when, when they start moving along and Regina gets her magic back from this book, she inhales it first she blows on the page which is very similar mm-hmm. to what cora did at You're the beginning right. of the episode when she gets regina off uh, out of the vine she blew on the page it's an odd way to do it but then regina inhales it and she gets purpleized <laughs> yeah some magic back it's far less creepy than having them sort of recite spells that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just blow on the page it's also easier <laughs> for them to learn oh speaking <laughs> of spells we got a great comic in. I meant to share this last week, but um, you guys have seen the Harry Potter episode where all of the wraiths, the, the uh, what did they call them in Harry Potter? Dementor. Uh, Dementors are coming to Harry Potter out by the lake. And he's like, my dad's going to come. My dad's going to come. I forget which Harry Potter movie that was, but um, one of our fans, and I'll have the link, uh, the name and the, this actual comic in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 54, but Prisoner of, of Azkaban. F- okay, thank you. One of our fans redrew that comic and then showed that the person that actually got all of the wraiths and dementors to fly away was Mary Margaret with a cigarette lighter and a <laughs> spray bottle. That's hilarious. <laughs> and Harry Potter, they're like, Daddy? <laughs> hilarious comic. I'll put it in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 54. I meant to share that when we were talking about the premiere episode but forgot about that. Did you notice that Regina offered to teach Henry magic? Yeah. The, in the, in uh, saying some of the same things or uh-huh. ideas that Cora said to Regina. You know, it, I, I almost thought he was going to, he was going to use that. I thought he was going to accept it and then think of some way to, you know, I thought like history was going to kind of repeat itself. Henry was going to use magic to get rid of Regina. I just thought, whoa, if that happens, that would be kind of cool. I like what, jumping back, but still related to this, what uh, Regina and David said about magic. Right now, I don't have magic and I don't have my son. But when I get one, I get the other. And you don't want to be around when that happens. If you have to use magic to keep your son, you don't really have him. And that's what Regina is learning when she offers magic to Henry. And he says, I don't want to be like you. 
actually the words that he used were the exact same words that Regina used to Cora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what really clicked in her mind that suddenly she realized, Oh, I'm like my mother now. Mm-hmm. What, what did that line mean though? When I get one, I'll get the other. Oh, when, when she gets magic, she'll have, she'll get Henry back. I don't think yeah, but she was phrased yeah, in an interchangeable way. Yeah. I don't think she meant it in that if okay. she gets Henry, she'll get magic. Back. I was I think, a little confused. Not, it didn't really seem to make sense. To I me. was confused too, but then I thought it through. it was just poor wording i think yeah so jefferson and uh, regina and rumpelstiltskin have always known that enchanted forest still existed well jefferson knows for some how you say always well okay yeah maybe not always but at least now they do now david knows because he confronted regina and said prove it when she said that she's not going to use magic that she's going to try to redeem herself. And yeah. by the way, David storming into her house with a sword. <laughs> We've wanted that for at least a year. <laughs> and yes. it was so charming to see him walk out and just and just put that sword over his shoulder and Yeah. <laughs> it was and charming. swords are an everyday thing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Although Seventeen Jedi raised a good question. Where did David find his sword? Because remember Emma used I was it. just about to say that very thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he went downstairs. <laughs> I, because Regina did not, I mean, uh, Emma did not bring the sword back up. Maybe it's like Thor's hammer. <laughs> Maybe when he just puts his hand out, it comes. Hmm, interesting. Could just have kidding. been a convenient thing. Or maybe he went and got it. Maybe he did. He would do such a thing. Yeah, could have been. If he knew where. Yeah, Maybe he went to Mr. Gold and asked him. He called Regina and said, so... Where's my sword? Where is my sword? Because I, I need it for something later. <laughs> Good point. I wonder if he did go downstairs. So when um, we're limited on time, so we need to keep moving. But Regina said she wants to redeem herself. And we got in several emails about that. Some people say it'll be great to see Regina redeem herself, but we might not see it this season. Some have said, uh, I don't want to see all of the villains redeemed because we need some villains to stay <laughs> villains. Hello, like Cora. Uh, yeah. Or I think Cora is gonna be like the ultimate the ultimate person to beat. And I think I think the villains we know will kind of subside and become good. Like I'd really love to see G- Regina become good. Mm. And I think Gold, whenever he gets Bay, I think he'll become good again. I don't know if Good again. Rumpel will become. What am I saying? I don't know if he will become redeemed. Well, he'll have what he wants. He'll have Belle and he'll have Bay. It was Stephanie had basically communicated that she doesn't want to see them redeem all of the villains. Right. But uh, you bring up a good point about Korra. Once fan Aaron emailed in suggesting, what if we see Korra and Regina reunited? What would happen? I really want to see Regina remember how good she was and how like disinterested in power and being just nasty was to her at first. Or what if they join forces? <gasps> I don't want to see that. Against Rumpel. Oh. Mm. I, this could really go either way. It because, could because they both have something against him. Mm-hmm. He had he influenced them both. It's obvious that Regina, it really seems like she is genuine that she wants to redeem herself 
But she's holding on to magic just in case. Yeah, she and locked who knows up that, just in case what? The spell book. Yeah. But, and, you know, with these writers, anyone who watched Lost knows this isn't going to be simple. I <laughs> None she, of these characters are going to be simple. I, I think, like that. I mm-hmm. think that she got magic to get Henry back. I don't think she's holding on to magic just like, like Rumpelstiltskin always has. I think she got magic back so she could get her son back. I think... I think it's genuine the way that she's starting to see things. I don't think she's mm-hmm. really like no, clutching agree. on to magic like mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin is. She was alone when she was about to put the book in the fire. Yeah, she was. I mean, you don't do things by yourself that aren't genuine. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think she's I think she's keeping magic around just, you know, for her safety because she realizes that she might need it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've certainly seen her put on acts. She did before. put it on the shelf. Yeah. And locked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen her act before for several things. She's acted around Snow. She's acted around King Leopold. She has acted around the genie. But she was mm-hmm. by herself. Well, she was with them. Oh, okay. You're saying when she was when putting she the book. Put, yeah. yeah. And almost put the book in the fire. Yeah. Yes. I think that was sincere. I think it was true. I don't mm-hmm. think it was an act because it would be weird if it was an act because there was nobody around <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> so she's fooling us. <laughs> in, in our minutes we have left, let's talk about present day fairy tale land. I have one more thing. Oh, okay. Go ahead. The only thing there is she, she right as she told David the truth as proof that she meant what she said. She also said, I have no idea how to get back. Is that true? Or uh, is she still hiding Jefferson? I think she doesn't because Well, she Jefferson's knows the hat is squashed. Hat, yeah, the hat is destroyed. So well, more not, than squashed. She's not destroyed. thinking of him making more. She's just thinking she doesn't know. Well, she and doesn't know She doesn't know about the hat that Emma made. Exactly. Right. Okay. We still don't know what happened to that hat, where it is. Jefferson knows I think it works i think it's possible i think it's very possible that she's telling the truth she doesn't know how to get back there okay that makes me rumple might know her way back he might well he hasn't really like said anything oh, no, that would make he... us believe oh, that he one does. one other really big thing before we move on because this was one of the last scenes in storybrook with rumple standing at the border who can leave storybrook without losing their memories well Let's consider what leaving Storybrook does is it replaces your real memories with Storybrook memories. Mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin has Storybrook memories because the writers have said that he didn't wake up until Emma showed up. Right. So he has a Storybrook life that he, if he tried to leave Storybrook, he would be cursed back into that Storybrook life as mm-hmm. Mr. Gold. Uh, Regina does not have a Storybrook life. Right. <gasps> Jefferson does not have a Storybrook. Well, Pinocchio. that we Pinocchio, right? Emma. Emma. So that's... Henry. Yeah, Henry. So that's, what is that now, five people? Probably. I think that was five. <laughs> that uh, Five or six <laughs> people who could maybe leave Storybrooke well, without being puppet. affected. <gasps> Does Belle count? No, because no. she, no. she didn't... She didn't know him. Right. Right. Which was yeah. confusing to me, but... She was cursed. <laughs> she didn't have much of memories. <laughs> 28 years of sitting in the same cell. Why am I not in the basement? That would be awful to be stuck with those memories <laughs> forever. Okay, so now let's talk about present day fairy tale land. Very little to see. By the way, when you see them along the beach and they say that's our home, that is not Prince Charming's castle. At oh, first glance, no. it does look like, is that Prince Charming's destroyed castle no it's not it's not the same beach we've never seen this scene before the sky and the water were so bright Mm. i thought it was a void it it does it looks like 
the water just goes on forever yeah and that there's nothing else out there like an ocean yeah (laughs) (laughs) so they go into this place and not much happens Uh, some people are shocked to see something something i didn't really understand wait who are those people they're probably probably like oh my gosh where'd they come from aurora could be one of the surprises because she's new to them (laughs) who quickly got a knee to the gut (laughs) i know mary margaret kicks the only one who hasn't threatened their lives (laughs) or talked in this episode (laughs) and was least likely to pursue i mean yes (laughs) wait where are you going you in the beautiful dress come here bam Uh, clearly Milan should have gotten the kick. But, but then there was also uh, Snow and Mer- and Mer- and uh, Snow and Mer- Emma. Mer- Emma. <laughs> yeah. So Emma. I think I don't think Emma would be a surprise to the people. Why? Because they have no knowledge of Emma, what she looks like, who she is. Most likely, I'm just going with it was Aurora. They didn't. Or maybe, or maybe they recognize Snow. Could have been. And maybe they were like, oh, that's your hair's what I'm all thinking. Gone. That's what maybe I'm thinking. that's why they were shocked. Because Snow was knocked out very quickly. <laughs> and so she wasn't there to meet Cora so far. Well, just think their queen has conscious. been missing Snow yeah. White. Oh, duh. I totally forgot that she was going to recognize Cora. Mm-hmm. I was thinking they were sitting there and they didn't know who they were dealing with and it was going to be this thing. But I don't. Do you know? Do you know if they would recognize Cora? Snow will. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But she's knocked out, right? Yes. For now. They dragged her into that cell. And after she threw the uh, the balls. That was a good idea to to knock her out. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good idea because we couldn't see her recognize Cora. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. Cora probably recognizes her. So now we know Cora is there. Why? And is she the one that made the safe haven? Mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder how much Snow will realize about Cora. Like I wonder if she'll realize how wicked Cora was or if she'll just remember oh this woman was kind and Well, uh, in in the um Secrets of Once Upon a Time podcast uh, with our friends uh, Robert uh, uh, Father Roderick. <laughs> so I'm not good with names tonight. Uh, with Father Rather, the <laughs> Father Roderick. <laughs> anyway, they were talking about this, and um, during this, we looked at the actual scene that happened in An Apple Red as Blood, and Regina does say to Snow White mm-hmm. just before she makes her eat the apple, she does say, "My mother." She basically says, "My mother ripped his heart out." Mm. So Snow does know that Cora killed Daniel. Huh. Mm-hmm. I hope she'll remember that when she wakes up. <laughs> we'll we'll see. It'd be terrible if she just forgets her memory completely. That would be awful. Yeah. But Cora probably knows, recognizes Snow. You think she would? Maybe. Although last time Cora saw Snow, Snow was, was still a little girl. Yeah. And she had more hair. But she might recognize her if if she probably Mary will. Margaret just says, I'm look, Snow White. She looks exactly the same now. So <laughs> Wow, you look just like Bailey Madison. You must be Snow White. <laughs> I think she will. That's exactly how it'll go. (laughs) So uh, we've gotten a few questions or suggestions in about this present day fairy tale land. Someone has suggested that maybe Regina didn't know that when she implemented the curse that the safe haven would be created. I think it sounds like she did know. I I don't think she knew about that. 
I well, think she knew. I guess knew that I think she fairy tale know. land existed. Well, I think she knew. <laughs> okay, correction. She knows that fairy tale land exists. Yeah, but she probably doesn't know that the safe haven of people oh. right. still exists. Probably. She thinks that fairy tale land is empty. Probably. That seems to be what she is saying. So you, yeah. you don't you think that she doesn't know about the horrible creatures that are there now? Probably horrible dangers, whatever it is. Whatever. I'm guessing ogres were left behind <laughs> because those ogres like to start wars. Because what what do you do with ogres? I mean. Wouldn't that be awful if we found Shrek? Ogres going to be. Oh, please. They're part wars. of DreamWorks. They're not part please. of Disney, right? <laughs> I also think that Jefferson has been there recently. Oh. And back. You think? <gasps> he fell in the hat. Oh. 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 Maybe. And what if, when he was there, he told people, this is the savior, Emma, oh. she looks like this. He described her to them. Maybe. So that then they see her show up. I don't feel like he's all that on board with the whole thing. I don't think he cares about a whole lot that I he really he... should care about. Mm. He probably just told him how awful Regina is and was like, all right, I'm yeah. going. <laughs> I'm <Or> going back. <laughs> <laughs> or he rant, ranted and raved and went back to where his daughter is. I don't know. I maybe just had a cup of tea. <laughs> in our chat room, several are, uh, a few are agreeing with you, Jeremy, and some are like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah. I have that effect I, on I people. I hadn't thought of that. that... Elias Gave is saying, or maybe he just babbled nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he turned over some tables and ran away. <laughs> Got to go back to my teddy bear and tea set. <laughs> it's teddy a rabbit. <laughs> oh, yeah, rabbit. So anything else about this present day fairy tale land? No, not for me. So listeners, we would love to hear your ideas, but here's the thing. So we're finished now talking about this episode. We are both, but we would love for you to continue to the discussion in the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums. It's free to join and participate. And there's so many awesome conversations going on over there about this episode, about future episodes. There's spoiler section for each episode and non-spoiler sections to theorize about upcoming episodes. There's so much cool stuff that you could talk about and stuff going on over there. And you can still talk about the old episodes if you want to. There, that conversation is still there. Over 20,000 posts over there in the oncepodcast.com slash forums page so check it out really easy to participate and keep our feedback information for when you watch this next episode coming up and by the way there will be a spoiler segment after this episode is done so if you want to hear some spoilers for the next episode of once upon a time then stick around after the music to hear those spoilers but keep our contact information handy email written or audio feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or you can keep our phone number. You should do this anyway. Put our phone number in your contacts list on your phone so you can pick up the episode, pick up the phone immediately after the episode and call us at 903-231-2221 and leave a voicemail there. And join us when we have our live chat during the Eastern and Central airing of Once Upon a Time, as well as when we do our initial podcast, our initial reactions podcast episode immediately after the TV show on Sunday. So episode airs at eight slash seven central and our podcast will be at nine fifteen or eight fifteen central over at oncepodcast.com slash live. 
You can also check out the show notes for this episode and get these screenshots that we mentioned, links, and so much more over at oncepodcast.com slash 54. And please remember to nominate us in the podcast awards as well as you can nominate us in the Stitcher podcast awards. But go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards to find out how you can nominate once podcast under the entertainment category as well as all of the other podcasts that we do for noodle mix network that you can nominate them there and the video explains very well uh, how you can do this where you need to go what you need to enter enter and as mr gold said so simple even david nolan could do it (laughs) (laughs) exactly so go over to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards and nominate us there and we would greatly appreciate it and like i said check out everything else and connect with us in all of the ways that you can over at oncepodcast.com you can follow us on twitter at oncepodcast i'm daniel j lewis and you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle i'm jeremy laughlin you can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n and i'm jenny and you can follow me at twitter.com slash jenny snook again keep our feedback information feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 until next time remember remain calm i have a feeling our prince is working on something right now thanks for listening Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Huge thanks to our sponsors for this week's episode of Once Podcast, Sandra and Nasser. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode and being co-producers with us. If anyone else would like to sponsor an episode, please go to onespodcast.com slash sponsor. And now it's time for some spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, then stop the recording now. It's okay. You won't miss anything else. But if you want to hear some spoilers, then continue and recognize that you have been warned. Hi, I'm Hunter Hathaway here for the Once Podcast, and it's spoiler time. This week's episode is called Lady of the Lake. It's written by Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, directed by Milan Shevlov. In current fairy tale time, Emma and Mary Margaret get help from Mulan, Aurora, and Sir Lancelot to try and find a portal to get them back to Storybrooke. But a dark force threatens their return. Ogres! Back in Storybrooke, the town is working hard to get back to normal, and Henry tries to talk Jefferson into reuniting with his daughter. Prince Charming also bonds with his grandson Henry. In fairy tale land, King George poisons Snow White where the only cure comes from the Lady of the Lake. We also see how Snow White and Sir Lancelot originally meet. Oh, and Prince Charming's mother is in danger. Cinqua Falls stars as Sir Lancelot, and Alan Dale returns as King George. No new casting to report. I will be on the lookout for anything new to come along. But I have read they are looking for someone to play Barrett. This will be a recurring role with an option to sign for next season. The description of Barrett is he is in his 30s, kind and smart, but also has a dark side. He has his beliefs and a way of life he will fight to defend. Some further out spoilers are... 
Dr. Hopper and Regina will be working together to get her the help she needs to redeem herself. Also, in an upcoming episode, we will finally find out who Henry's father is. Thanks for listening. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash bit of pixie dust. Have a great week and enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for sharing that, Hunter. And I'll add to that some press photos that I've seen for Alan Dale, or King George's character, in Storybrooke. So we're going to see some cool things there. And uh, David and uh, Henry having sword fights and having fun together. So we'll have some awesome episodes up ahead. So thank you so much, Hunter, for putting together that spoiler segment. And please, everyone, check out oncepodcast.com if you're not already subscribed. Thanks for listening.